welcome to episode 33 of the podcast with Talvin and Eugene. Um, this week we've got a bit of a special episode for you where we had, um, as we, you know, on the show we're going to try and focus on like, independent filmmakers uh, that are like us. And this week we've got a guest on the show, uh, Savannah James Bailey, uh, a producer from London uh, who's promoting her new film Fingers. Uh, basically we had a, we did an interview with Savannah, but the problem was we had a few technical problems with... Um, the recording so you might hear that at the beginning of the interview and realize why uh, we've decided to do this um experiment yeah, we're trying it? we're trying something yeah new. We're trying something let's new. try something new um basically we'll play the interview uh but if the sound we think the sound's quite poor on some stuff we're going to cut back and you'll hear of uh, what we actually said and um any comments we might have about that part of the interview i guess what do you think yeah, if it's negative, well, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then you know. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> All um, right. Yeah, we hope you guys enjoy it. Um, this is Savannah with uh, talking about Fingers, a new film. Fingers we shot last summer. Um, it's been this is kind of the culmination of two years worth of work. Uh, we conceived the idea about this time last year. Okay. Yeah. So basically. Um, we want to ask Savannah how how far she was involved in the creative aspects of the of the film fingers, um, whether she had any in- input in the writing process. Um, I mean, like when when we've done producing stuff, we've, we've, I don't know, we've kind of done everything, isn't it? Well, we did everything. We are basically like, well, basically we just wrote, well, no, for me, my 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 process to write, yeah, like what we can make. Like yeah. always, I I don't know. Lately, I've been like writing stuff set up in one room. Yeah, because it's just so fucking easy. If you find yeah. that one room, you're fucking gold. Yeah. Did you watch Fingers? They did that. Don't. <laughs> it's all pretty much set in one. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. In one location, I think these two rooms, but like the second room was like probably about thirty seconds or whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was, it was self, quite self-contained. But I think she, I mean, she was involved in the creative aspect of it. So um, yeah, just uh, enjoy the interview and. We'll probably be back in a few minutes. <laughs> we came up with the idea, um, which is a feminist retelling of the beheading of John the Baptist, um, because there's a competition called Enter the Pitch, which asks you to adapt a Bible story into a mod- more modern context. And their top prize is 25 grand to make your film. Um, so we came up with the idea within those criteria. And then... Yeah, Alex went away and wrote the script and we were shortlisted and went and pitched it in January 2014 um, at Pinewood. They have a pitching day where the top 10 uh, selected shortlist pitch and then we came runner up. So instead of getting the 25 grand, we got two and a half um, and then spent the next six months raising the rest of the budget, not entirely to 25 grand, but we ended up making it for about 14 grand um, after a really successful crowdfunding campaign. This part we asked how she promoted her Kickstarter uh, campaign. Indiegogo. Is it Indiegogo? Yeah, I think they did Indiegogo. Yeah. So yeah, this yeah this part we we asked like um how did she, how did she promote it and and did get her results and stuff. Yeah, I mean like we uh, the one the one thing I wanted to know was like because uh, I've seen some people do uh, they do different things when they want to promote it. Some people yeah. have like oh we give you like storyboards or something if you donate this much. Um, I just wanted to know what their approach was. Um, Something so we can apply to our like kind of kickstart if we do a kickstart yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
we used Indiegogo okay. and I think because we had the two and a half grand and the, this sort of runner-up prize um, we then were very lucky in that we met another investor who wanted to give five grand because he really believed in what we were trying to do with it and then off the back of that it became a lot easier to raise money through crowdfunding because people already see that there's belief in the project and that it will happen regardless. We'd had to do a pitch video for the enter the pitch competition anyway yeah. so we had that to start with and then we did a second one for the crowdfund um, which said that we'd you know raise this money and what we needed the crowdfunding money for um, and then over the course of the campaign we did updates and we did a blooper reel of mainly me making mistakes in outtakes. <laughs> Alex is an actor, so he's much better on camera. Yeah. Um, and actually the thing, the most successful thing was that it fell over Alex's birthday. And um, <coughs> to release on his birthday, we did a little video called No Pint for Alex, hashtag No Pint for Alex, yeah. where we shot it at a pub and it was him sitting at a table and one friend comes up and says, Alex, happy birthday, let me buy you a drink. And he says, don't buy me a drink. Can you give me a fiver instead for this film? <laughs> and they're like, That's well, that seems good, fair. Yeah. <laughs> and then someone else comes up, Alex, no way. I don't believe you're here too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, you get the idea. Um, and that did insanely well yeah. because of the boost that gave us. Then, you know, the, it got lots of shares and yeah. it was just quite a fun. I think often people go in and I've done a crowdfunding campaign in the past before, which wasn't as successful. We still raised the money we needed, but yeah. it didn't have quite the same it didn't grow the same audience. The thing with the great thing about the fingers campaign was that we had over 300 people give. So people gave quite small amounts, yeah. but we built our audience in a way that I hadn't experienced with the previous <laughs> film, which is why we've decided to release it online. Cause it seems like, yeah. you know, you wait for so long with festivals, you, cause yeah. they've all got their premiere requirements. And yeah. so you submit to one, wait for a few months, submit to the next one. And considering how many people had helped get it made, we just thought, you know, it's much better to share it and actually get it seen and get the feedback on it and um, use it in that way. Then I ask about, um, like, uh, what's it, the distribution? Like, um, how it, she, yeah, wants to get the film out uh, online yeah. or through the festival circuit. Yeah, um, because, like, I don't know, for me, like, um, the festival route is a long fucking process just to it's, get your uh, shit out. I mean... And plus, it, it, costs, it costs more money. Yeah, I was going to say, that's where your crowdfunding money comes in, Oli, because um, yeah. a lot of these fucking festivals, they charge a lot to enter your films and yeah. stuff. And it, sometimes your film, I mean, even if you pay it, it's not a 100% chance that you're going to fucking get screened. True. Um, I was going to ask you, like, do they still do the uh, thing where they, because we should ask her, I don't, don't know why we didn't. Um, do they still have the thing where yeah. if you show your film on YouTube, or Vimeo yeah, yeah, they, the festival won't screen. Yeah, they they would see that as like a because some I think when I when I, when I did my Is research as film on film festivals, uh, basically they want a they want their your film to be like the world prim, the the country's premiere or something like that. Okay. And then I think they do count as online video as as a premiere or some sort. Okay, because I rem I remember when um when we were making shorts at uni and stuff. They were like, if you put your film on YouTube, uh, it doesn't get a grade. It doesn't get a grade? Yeah. Oh, wow. uh, I think that's changed now. Oh, right, yeah. they're encouraging well, their students to put shit online. I don't know. We need, we need to ask. Um, I think we need to ask students. I had this idea, right? Because I want to blog something about it. It's like, um, I want to know what's the, for people doing film studies, what is their, like, what they're doing now? Like, yeah. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, do yeah, they... Um, that'd be an interesting one to get someone that's just come out of the film school. Oh, no, someone who's still in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just to see what's their, what, what they're doing now. Um, How are you making your films? Because it was... It's, I don't know, it just dramatically changed. Since yeah, I think left. it's different now because, I mean, like, even when... Um, so I think when I was looking to put my uh, film, my dissertation film, mm. when I was still editing it, and I was looking maybe possibly doing it in the festivals and stuff. Yeah. Um, I remember my lecturer saying, "Look, you're not gonna be able to put it on until like a year later, just because." Oh um, right, because it's still it, it's, the, the, it comes under the uni. Yeah, the uni still owns it. Yeah. It. And I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. A bit of a piss take, considering I did all the work. <laughs> but I, I, I'm just curious if that's still in effect and whether like because um, I, I know Savannah put. Uh, fingers straight in Vimeo. Yeah, uh, and I know she explained it. She explained it that she had it. Did she go into it about the uh, whether it's on? She can get it into festivals after Vimeo. Well, yeah, let's find let's out. Find <laughs> I think it depends on the project. So for this one, we started doing the festival route. But the other thing is that they take up so much time. Festival submissions, and both Alex and I are now really busy with other projects. So we just weren't giving it the attention it needed to do that successfully. Um, and we knew that we had an audience already online. I don't think with other of my shorts, I'd go for that because, you know, they're, they're things we've made in a more tradition, they've been tr more traditionally financed and they're sort of more traditional festival films. Um, but I definitely would like to do the online thing again once those films have completed their festival runs. Because it's been amazing. Like it's been such a shock. We've had so many more views than we expected, and lots of really good feedback. So yeah. it's very nice. <laughs> yeah. Actually, we yesterday had this huge spike in views, and we had no idea why. Because we pushed it in the first few days, and then you know it started to peter out in how much promotion we could do of it. And it got reblogged to a website called Dig, which I've never heard about, but apparently. As someone described it on my Facebook, was Reddit before Reddit existed. Oh, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so it sounds familiar. Yeah. What well, dig? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and apparently loads of people read dig. So <laughs> <laughs> that was nice. We want to ask um, Savannah her execution of, of like the the shoot. Yeah, of like the meat and bones of what producer does in like finding crew and locations and stuff, um, and how long the shoot was and how they scheduled it. Mm. Um, uh, they seem to have done a lot of it through um, <coughs> contacts they've made over the like, yeah, which is a good thing. Yeah, uh, um, because I, you want to go with someone that you trust. Yeah. Um, huh. I don't think uh, she elaborated. We should we should have kind of asked her a bit more about the casting process because <laughs> um, I thought some of the actors were quite good in it. Um. And like they got that, they got that dude from mm. EastEnders and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, which yeah. I mean, like I guess when you get someone with a recognizable face, I guess it helps with the investment yeah. process of the film. Yeah, it does because um, you, yeah, because if you, that if almost you, if goes you hand in hand with like if you get the investment and that person might agree to do the film. Yeah, because if you stick like a known face, it's like yes, I want to you know see that guy in this yeah. movie. So yes, I'm going to invest my money into it. Yeah, but. Yeah, we should get stars for our own shit. Huh? <laughs> we should get stars for our own sh for our own shit. Yeah, gotta find stars. That yeah, no, no. <laughs> Who's a star? I don't know. Though. No, I don't, I don't know. know. Like, I remember this isn't even like this is actually quite stupid. But um, I remember when I was coming, I was at uni once. This is when I was at uni. And yeah. I, was, I was on the way to uni. I was on the train and it, and um. Sanjeev from uh, fucking only like, goodness gracious me and stuff. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He sat opposite me on the train. Yeah, 
<laughs> and this guy sat next, like you know how you had the three, the three seats. Yeah, in the southwest trains. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was another guy, like the Sanji was next to the window seat. There was a space, and there was another dude sitting. Mm-hmm. It's like some surfer guy in it. And he was like, kept looking at him like, he kept looking at me and he kept looking at him. It was like, <laughs> he, like just, just he, he just wants clarification. He was like, do you know this guy? Yeah, if you like, do know him, hope he introduces him to me or something yeah, like that. Like, he got, it's like he was looking at me like, are you, are you related? But then yeah. he's like, looking at like, um, it's him, right? It's him. I'm, <laughs> and I'll bet you're like, I'm starstruck as you. God. Man, I was just like, this is a bit, the thing that I didn't clock on it was him straight away. I'm like, it looks mm. really fucking familiar. But he was a bit older than he was, and goodness gracious me and stuff. Oh, right, yeah. But, um, yeah, it was really funny, like, because once the train opened and stuff, uh-huh. the guy kind of gathered his confidence to go and ask Sanji oh, for, right, like, yeah. a fucking, like, autograph or whatever. And he sh- he so rudely shut him down. Ah. Oh. Because I think he was doing a play. What was that playhouse that was next to Kingston? Like, Rose something. I, Rose oh, in Theater. the Rose Theatre, yeah. yeah. If he was doing something there, and... Um, yeah, it was so like awkward to watch because like it was just ahead of me, innit? Uh huh. And uh, the guy's like, he's gone over and he's like, "Ah, oh, you're um," and he's like, "Yeah, I am." And he's he's proper trying to keep a low profile. Yeah, no, 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 no. And he was like, "Uh, can I?" The guy was like trying to ask if he can have an autograph, and he just kind of got shut down. I was like, "Oh man, what a dick!" No one else is asking you for it, just to give him a fucking. But to be honest, I think it's that anticip- anticipation. Like he saw this guy, and it's like, why are you asking now? If you probably asked me like. There and then in the train. On the train, then yeah. probably I would. But dude, man, you did it all. Huh? <laughs> that would have been an awkward conversation. That would be. That guy would have had like fifty million questions. Yeah. Aww. Why do you keep taking the piss out of white people? <laughs> because you guys take the piss of us <laughs> and every other color. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Anyway. So, uh, yeah. Back um, to the interview. Yeah. It was a mixture, actually. We had uh, the DOP Alfie Biddle. We'd worked with. Both Alex and I had worked with on Alex's previous short, and he was just fantastic. He's kind of someone I'd really like to work with as I go on in the future. Um, the production designer Alex had worked with before. The costume designer was a recommendation of someone that Alex had worked with before. And I think both those elements really helped the film. It's set in the 60s, so they're kind of really crucial roles. Yeah. Um, the editor I'd worked with before. And then lots of people that were new and... Uh, you know the DOP brought his own team but every it was one of the nicest shoots I've been on in terms of the whole crew were just amazing how long was the shoot it was three days and it was one location which really helped because yeah. I think doing a 60s short yeah. is really difficult um yeah. just because period costs a lot yeah, of money just, yeah, yeah, yeah. um but to set it in one location we shot in a bar called the Buffalo Bar in Highbury and Islington which is subsequently shut which is really really sad because it's a fantastic place yeah and they were famous for promoting new musicians and having sort of left-wing rallies in their bar and stuff. Um, And the guy that ran it, Michael, was just probably one of the most relaxed, nicest people. Did they charge you guys to use the location? Very nominal, like much less than they should have. (laughs) Um, Which I can say now because they've shut. I was going to say. But he, to the extent that we needed to start shooting at six because they were opening, they were still going to open in the evenings yeah. um, and they had bands on from seven. So we needed to get out by six, which meant we needed to start at six. And bear in yeah. mind that the bar shuts at four. So Michael would be working till four. He was sleeping in the back room to let us in at six. And then he'd just nap in the uh, staff room for the rest of the day. It's like the dedication from someone yeah. that <laughs> had no involvement otherwise yeah. was pretty amazing. We could, really couldn't have done it without that because that was just... Finding the location for that was a real challenge because yeah. so many places have been modernised. You wanted to do uh, 
ask Savannah how many how many shorts she's done overall and her working relationship with uh, the director of Fingers, Alex Marks. Um, earlier, I wanted to, I was only wondering only because uh, basically I met Savannah um, about three years ago, I think, uh, doing storyboards for another project, and that was like a music video sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I think she was still. Um, <coughs> trying to find the crew or trying to find uh, I think just find a, w- a working system oh okay yeah, um, yeah. I think with that she was working with some another producer <coughs> guy and it was like a music video for someone else but the guy um, folded the music video oh okay uh, all together and I don't think it picked up after that but um, uh, we kept in touch anyway and uh, yeah I was just curious how many shorts she's done since and uh, overall uh, it seems like she's kind of got a good um working system on how mm. to approach each one and each I mean I mean you, I mean yeah it's good to like keep keep a relationship with someone well with them because this is what with the director how many I th- uh, she actually yeah it, yeah she mentions it yeah three or four something like that okay oh <laughs> don't give away man <laughs> um but I mean yeah I think like that kind of working relationship in this kind of um uh, industry yeah this say. industry is kind of like you need it I mean, mm. we've, we've worked together since, what, uh, 2011? Us? I thought it was 2010. Yeah, yeah 2011, yeah. 2011, yeah. I think, on all my shorts, do my MA. You well, weren't even on the course, and you more, most, most of the shorts. I think you worked on pretty much every one in some capacity. Yeah, I was well, I was bored that year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what our unemployment does to you. Fair enough. <laughs> Thanks, uh, man. <laughs> um, but yeah. Well, even then, since then, I think we've pretty much worked on everything mm. uh, together. Uh, uh, yeah, you see, I've seen. I saw it even on the course. Um, uh, people kind of uh, gravitated towards uh, each other and kind of developed their own working relationship. And you'd see those t- uh, the successful ones. You'd see those production teams continue throughout uh, throughout the year. It's kind of like a sports team, I guess. When you have like certain coaches, like certain <laughs> players, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like fucking Brendan Rodgers had a massive crush on Joe Allen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Took him to Swansea to fucking Liverpool. <laughs> um, but you, you you see it, so um, mm. I was just curious how many she uh, how, how she just her, her process on yeah. getting yeah getting her crew and getting her relationships with yeah others. with other filmmakers and stuff. Okay. Yep. It's interesting to know that she doesn't just work with the one filmmaker though. She it's not like um, she's got like she works with different directors and stuff, mm. which is quite cool. Like, I generally. have now done eight. Yeah. So fingers was my sixth. I've done two more this year. Um, one's in post-production, one finished about a month ago. Um, Alex and I worked together on one short before Fingers, um, which I came on after they'd already shot a lot of the footage. He realised he'd made... He was making a film that was a romantic comedy but wanted to kind of give a bit of a critique into what romantic comedies are and how far away from (coughs) reality they are. Um, And when he got the first edit he was quite disappointed because he realized he'd made what was quite a sweet romantic comedy (laughs) so he wrote in some really fantastic scenes um set in a therapist office that kind of contrast Mm. what the main character feels about the experience with how it seemed the experience went and so i helped him produce the second half of that which was the therapist scenes um turned into a much more edgy funny comedy um and now we're working on a third short together which is attached to a feature um with a writer and actress called arinda satra okay and now we talk about her um her background and 
her day job, right? Uh, yeah, just uh, I was only wondering only because um, a lot of people that do shorts and stuff is um, <coughs> becomes like a hobby thing, and it's not an easy thing to f- yeah uh, make a living out of. So I was just curious, like, because um, I know she's got a, she seems to have a really at this point in the interview, I was like, wow, she's got a fucking good head on her for the industry, mm-hmm. and whether she uh, was like. A, production assistant which if she went the traditional route mm. of being like a runner and stuff like that um and how she went about that so yeah i mean yeah because it's we to make to make films especially like what we well shorts in general yeah yeah i mean you do need that day job just to just to fund it fund it um, pay yourself have a yeah, shower you know yeah, all that but i mean like just um i think the this industry is a bit funny in that you <coughs> Sometimes they don't, like, if you work it, like, when I was working for sports and I told them, like, I do shorts and I do, like, mm. write comedy and drama and stuff like that, they didn't like that. Oh, fair enough. They were like, well, if you like that, why are you working in sports? Because I, I need like, a job. Yeah, I mean, fucking hell, man. You tell me everyone there is their first thing when they came out of film school was to work in fucking sports broadcasting. I doubt it. Um, one guy even told me he didn't even do anything at uni or anything like that he goes he fell into it because he he was unemployed and his brother got him a job there so I was like mm. um, just to see yeah, yeah, it's a different <coughs> route for everyone I guess yeah uh, definitely I was to see what her route into the industry was um, won't review it now so just listen to her quick her answer <laughs> I have two day jobs um, I work four days a week for a TV production company okay. called Sly Fox Productions who are developing a slate of drama and comedy um, and or anyone in particular or just um, um, not at the minute they, they're a new company they s- set up in January so we've had uh, script commissioned um, but haven't yet made a show um, hopefully that will be in the next few months it seems it's going really well but it is yeah. only nine months old so um, and then I work one day a fortnight for a film production company called, Sly, uh, called Starfield Productions okay uh, which is a producer called Paul Raphael's company. He produced um, Rogue Trader and Anita and Me, and he's kind of a very successful British indie producer. Um, both of them really good experience. I think development is such an important stage and one that often gets sidelined. Yeah. Everyone's so concentrating on, so focused on getting to production that. Yeah. Yeah. Right <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You need a good script, otherwise yeah, it just. I had sometimes. quite an unusual route in, in that. Both my parents are filmmakers. My mum's a producer, um, and Sly Fox Productions is her company. And my dad's a director and teacher. And I think my teenage rebellion was to try and get as far away from what my parents did as possible. So I went to university to study molecular biology. Um, And then in my first year of university, realised that was a terrible idea (laughs) and that film was way more fun. Um, So I actually started producing whilst I was studying molecular biology and did them kind of alongside each other and being I was at UCL so being in London made that a lot easier Um, and then I'd produced Fingers I shot about three weeks after my final exams at UCL um, which was a very stressful period (laughs) 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 I actually got I got my results on the first day of shooting (laughs) which was uh, (laughs) yeah I didn't do as badly as I thought it was quite I was kind of really quite surprised um so that was nice. It felt like I yeah, turned a page in a book and it was like onto the new chapter. Yeah. Um, and then when I left university, I so I'd already had six shorts under my belt. So I got a job 
um, working for Paul Raphael as his uh, assistant. And then I sort of cut down my days there and started more days with uh, Sly Fox just to get a sense of TV versus film. The thing I really like about TV is that your world is so much bigger. So particularly for development, it's really fun because you, instead of having, you know, your focused plot and your traditional story arc and this kind of quite self-contained thing, you can go anywhere. So it's much more about just working out who the characters are, what the world is, what the rules of the world are, what direction you're setting them off in. Um, Which is, yeah, just a really nice new experience. And with uh, Sly Fox have some really amazing projects, though. So we asked... um Savannah, how she got into the industry, we were just curious why she chose to be a producer. Because to be honest, but being a producer is not really like... It's not the first thing you think yeah. about. When I remember like... It's not It's not like the... Um, let's say... The, um, I can't remember what it was called. But it's not like... It won't make you famous. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit weird because I was thinking about this the other day. Like, uh, when we were when we were doing like, film school and stuff, Kingston I think that Uni. might play yeah. part of it. Because she didn't go to film school. Oh, right. Fair enough. Um, <coughs> but when you're at film school, I remember, I don't know if you remember Roy. Roy? He was like the uh, editing lecturer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him. And yeah, he yeah. was like, uh, he's talking about editing. and ci- I think he did editing and cinematography with specialities. Mm-hmm. And he goes, uh, how, who wants to be an Wait, old guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah. He, knows. I, oh. he always looked really like uh, put upon. <laughs> Like he had like the world on his shoulders. Sort oh, of thing. okay. So basically a bit like me. Yeah. Way. <laughs> but he was, like, he was funny because he goes, uh, how many people want to be editors? And I think like, two people put their hand up. He goes, how many people want to be cinematographers? Maybe one or two people put their hand up. Okay. So, how many of you want to be a writer, director? <laughs> Everyone hand shut up. Oh, fair enough. And he goes, well, why the fuck does no one want to be a cinematographer? He goes, it's the sexiest fucking It is box. the sexiest thing. It is. Why do you think I want to become one? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you think the sex appeal of the industry is going to get... Like the sex appeal of the role is gonna just get into you. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm. Well, I have a niche. I'm Oriental, so you know. Actually, no. To be honest, there are more like us lot in that field in what, cinematography. In cinematography, than when you say us, you mean yeah, our, our ethnic background. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were just talking about your ethnic background. Oh, there's more of us than uh, you guys. Good. You guys are good at IT. I don't. I, I don't just, know, <laughs> man. We've got Bollywood, which is like more than everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you um, reaching out for Bollywood. They won't even Look, if it, they're like you're a fucking coconut. but Bollywood, if you're calling, he's on. He's on the phone. He's available. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but yeah. Um, shit, where are we going with this? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, uh, cinematography. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And why she she producing? Um, yeah, I think it, I think it's part of the film school route. It's kind of if you're in there, you kind of got. A, I'd say. Uh, it's like not <coughs> I'm not saying that she hasn't got the technical know-how yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, when you go into film school you kind of have that you uh, want to be technical a technical uh, awareness of how um, of uh, I don't know, I how will film ma- how a film is done yeah and basically the or way the, by how, that the technical aspects of how it's made Let, the thing is we should have learned more about like kind of what she knows like the business aspects yeah. of it which we never were told yeah I know um uh, but she, she's kind of <laughs> seems to just learn about it on the fly, kind of getting involved in that while she's doing her degree and stuff. I was going to ask you, because um, why did you pick cinematography? Is it, was I it the sex appeal? It was a sex appeal. No, because I was like, before um, I go into, well, before I did like, like film what, studies, what? I did media studies and like photography, like was one of my favorite subjects. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah. And, to, and then like, 
I want to do more filming as more filming stuff. So if you you know if you budget together, filming, photography, yeah, yeah. cinema, cinematography. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's why I I, I prefer to like. Um, I thought you just take say, pictures. You, like you have that voyeuristic eye sort of thing. Oh I, yeah, most photographers have that. <laughs> if you think about it, if you look at pictures and shit like that, it's like yeah, that, that, that guy's a creep. Why is he? Why is he underneath? Why is he behind bushes? <laughs> Why are you in those bushes, Eugene? <laughs> Get out! I'm taking the picture. P- taking a picture of what? That hot girl? No. The pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, uh, I think she, not going that route, I think it was easier to, not easier, but um, I think she'd get a better understanding on the business side of things. Yeah. I mean, as yeah, as a producer, you you definitely know about I mean, the business yeah, The thing more. is, you're spread so thin as well. I mean, like, I'll give it to her, like, She's working on our like, mobile projects, and at the same time, like yeah, um, well, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you the rest. She, she explains it, but there's a I love how we're giving spoilers to every <laughs> every question. <laughs> I don't know. It's just an experiment, man. Fair enough. <laughs> well, we didn't have to do it, but yeah, don't worry, this the might technical get problems on this fucking interview were really bad. Don't worry, we might get, we, this might get cut. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just thinking when you said that, I was thinking about the episode of Simpsons where Homer's got to cut the kids in the like <laughs> peewee football team <laughs> oh, yeah. that happened to my brother last night where we were playing football oh. and he's like oh guys i've got um <clears throat> i've got a six aside i've got potentially a six aside um but they're going to charge more and i can't get two more players <laughs> so i'm gonna have to cut two people and i was like oh man he's got to do that kind of like knowing the manager's gonna sell you yeah, yeah, yeah. he's got to send that text like, you're a good guy and but you're a hard uh, worker but you're cut <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, I'll give a good recommendation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, anyway, um, uh, yeah, uh, listening to what uh, why Savannah wanted to be a producer and how she got into it. I don't see myself doing that. I really, really love producing. Um, I think that the great thing about producing is that you're across every element of it. Yeah. So I think I get bored quite easily. And... Um, I really like the fact that you know you work on developing the script and then you work on building the team and then you go into production and you've got that different side of things and then you stick with it and you see the edit and you see it all the way through. It's quite a nice sense of journey with each project and variety in what you're doing. Um, and also I just, I think there are much better directors than I imagine I would be. <laughs> um, and I really like kind of supporting talent and that's a big part of my company and the way I like to work, I kind of like identifying newcomers that I think are really good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just like supporting them. I'm not good in the limelight. <laughs> Question eight, take one. Okay, now we are find out um, Savannah's recent trip to Cannes. Yeah. And how she found it. Um, basically, well, let's sort of give away um she basically just she didn't enter with a film she she, went there for a um another job yeah she was um doing like a kind of pa sort of thing with yeah yeah uh, organizers of mm, the festival that's um which i thought was quite (coughs) admirable only that i mean she hasn't gone there with a film but she's quite proactive in that she wants to um yeah do the do the networking and like learn how the festivals run (coughs) and i guess it like in the long run it just puts her in good stead and yeah it gives you a good insight on like how it works how the festival works yeah and i mean like um i'm sure there's like a lot of with a lot with 
with any kind of festival and like any kind of competition, I guess, because this it kind of is a competition. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, there's a lot of politicking about, I guess, you have oh. to do, and I think it's that in the way that she's gone like there to learn. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. she's probably come back with a better insight of like um, the kind of contact she needs to have to gain her film into the festival or was she uh, her future films let's say yeah future film getting getting funding for it um and how how like who to talk to yeah because that's probably like the hardest thing finding like the the right kind of investor for your movies because certain people <laughs> i think uh, savannah touches upon it later on in the interview but um some certain producers will only work on certain films and the certain investors will only invest in certain films mm. um have you? I was gonna ask you because um, <coughs> I was like, s- the way she's approached it is. Uh, have you ever heard of this producer? Um, what's it? Let me just find her name. To be honest, you would never know about producers in my That's opinion. That's just it. I, I don't know who this producer was uh, until I read this um, interview <coughs> with Seth Brogan in IndieWire, and he's talking about if he got funding for one of his films mm-hmm. uh, thanks to uh, this woman, yeah, um, Megan Ellison. No. She's like the daughter of like some uh, Larry Ellison who's like a billionaire dude. Oh, okay. But she's invested in like um, movies like she's been like a producer on like Zero Dark Thirty. Oh, right. Hustle, uh, Her and like <laughs> a, few, a, a few other movies. But I'm like, it's quite interesting like how um, just after, because uh, I read the article after I spoke with Savannah, I was like, just the similarities in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, She's willing to invest in certain filmmakers and uh, how they approach their production because of uh, like this Megan Ellison chick, she seems like uh, in the interview with Rogan, he's like she's kind of like a godsend at the moment because she'll invest in uh, quite a few people's movies if she she believes it. Yeah, she yeah, believes yeah. it. If you can sell her on it, uh, she will not bullshit you about. It. She kind of puts up the money and like just his approach of it and getting a knowledge of like going to Cannes and stuff. Mm. I guess she's on that kind of road to developing that kind of relationship with investors and stuff which I thought was quite cool yeah maybe we should like do a assistant jobs in Cannes as well mm. yeah I wish I've done it to the London Film Festival but yeah I don't know I, I find like I've already said it before in other episodes I find it quite um, it, political very p- political in how you gotta get these roles in these mm. kind of um, yeah f- fair enough are we like yeah. kind of uh, calling them out? No. So well, BFI now. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um. So yeah. His um. <laughs> let's end it there. I mean, like, let's go to uh, Savannah's answer. <laughs> I did go to Cannes. I didn't go to Cannes with a film, unfortunately. Okay. Um. I went to work for the American Pavilion. They do a really brilliant student program, which, despite being the American Pavilion, is an international program. Um, and essentially they give you an internship either with a company there or on their team. So I was helping the programming team who were programming panel discussions and um, interviews and stuff throughout the festival, which was amazing because I just got to sit and watch all these really interesting and knowledgeable people talk for two weeks. Um, yeah, it was a really amazing experience. I did. I didn't see as many movies as I should have. <laughs> um, I saw The Lobster, which was... I've seen that. Yeah. Um, heard of it. <laughs> I might not be out yet. I think it's coming out in the next couple of weeks, maybe. Oh, okay. um, recommend it. It's a Greek director who... 
I've only seen one of his previous shorts, uh, films, sorry, called Dogtooth, which is one of yeah, the weirdest and He's most wonderful things. Pretty fucking good movie. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And this is his first English language film. All right. Um, the premise is that it's a world where if you become single, you have 40 days to find a mate. Otherwise, you get turned into an animal of your choosing. <laughs> so he... He... He, you get shipped off to like a hotel where they basically do speed dating, and um, <laughs> and he chooses to be a lobster if he doesn't reach the end of his forty days. Oh shit! Um, very <laughs> weird, but it was really brilliant. Lobster, though, I mean. He has. They do choice, ask him why, it? and he has some pretty good reasons. They live really long. They don't really have any predators. Yeah, that's fair. Fair enough. To be honest, I mean, you wouldn't want to be like I don't a know. rabbit. Yeah. Oh, no, no, that's I think, yeah, I'll be too scared to be a rabbit. I'd be a dolphin. Depends what your interests are. Yeah. I think rabbits have quite a good time. Probably. Evidently. Um, what else did I see? I saw a film called Love, which was a very unusual film. Um, Gaspar Noe. Um, uh, yeah, he did Irreversible, didn't he? Enter the Void is the one I know. Yeah, I think he did that after Irreversible. Uh, I haven't seen Irreversible. Oh, it's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> it's I can like, imagine. it's always like. I think it's really famous for like uh, it's really gruesome um, violent scene where like uh, Vincent Cassell smashes a guy's head in with a fire extinguisher oh, before uh, Ryan Gosling did, <laughs> and then like later on the film has got like this rape scene where it's, like it's like a one shot for like fifteen minutes oh. and you're like oh man this is so depressing. Why did you watch it? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That scene. <laughs> I don't know. I think really? like you know when you're getting when you're starting like yeah, yeah, getting yeah, into yeah. movies at a young age and you think. A French movie. Sounds yeah, interesting. It should be interesting. Yeah. Oh man, the way it's made is really good. It looks yeah. really good as well. But well, bummed me out. Love <laughs> is uh, 3D, and oh, there's a the kind of pinnacle moment, which was just funny because you're watching it in this huge, huge cinema yeah. with yeah. all of these filmmakers and film professionals, and I'm sitting between two quite severe-looking older men, <laughs> who I imagine were probably quite important people. Um, and at one point, there's a 3D cum shot into the audience. Oh, and I'm just yeah. saying that I like really wanted to look around and be like, what are these guys' reactions? <laughs> um, that was fun. Um, interesting film. I wouldn't... If it's, if it's in a cinema near you, yeah. check it out. But it's not one to like hunt down. <laughs> Such an overwhelming experience. And I was there for two weeks. And most people very sensibly go for three or four days. Yeah. But because I was working on this program, you're there for the full time. And it is just exhausting. Because it's like <coughs> four, five, six a.m. every night. And I was yeah. up to work at nine. I've never been so tired in my life. Sure. So by the end of the week, the idea of... I know a lot of people that went to films and just slept. It was yeah. like, the, oh, man. which I, I just didn't really want to do. I was like, yeah. I'd, I'd rather watch them at a time yeah, where exactly. I'm not going to fall, like, the, risk falling asleep. The course thing, was it um, like a theory-based thing? Was it like just lectures or no, were you got hands-on like, involved totally, in? Yeah, totally practical. It was, um, so I think there were four of us on the programming team and we sort of set up the room and introduced <coughs> the panel and kept them comfortable in the green room. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it was really good. I recommend looking into it. Uh, yeah, here we just gave like, a little anecdote about uh, a friend of ours, uh, our friend Carmen, who went to uh, Cannes a few years ago. I think it was just after <coughs> we finished um, RMA, and she was. So uh, I don't think she entered a film into the competition, but she had a, like uh, a screening out of competition. Oh right. Uh, What's that? I think 
they do like a, I think they show a lot of selection of films uh, out of competition. Oh, I right. think like the entrance <coughs> is like eighty quid or something, Jeez. and it's like not even guaranteed the film's going to get seen or not. I think hers did. I remember her film was quite good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's like a thing uh, in Cannes because I think uh, Savannah when she mentioned it, they're saying that you can go and stay in a flat with like eight friends or whatever. People do that with like, uh, if you, especially if you're like low budget directors and stuff or lo- low budget producer or whatever. Yeah, I'm getting my whole own hotel room, man. <laughs> uh, no, they go no, because I think Carmen. When she no, went, if we if we do it, I'm just saying yeah. like, yeah, uh, uh, I'm think, that special. Uh, Carmen, when she went, she <coughs> basically rented out someone's sofa mm. and just stayed on the sofa for like the three days that she was there. But mm. I think that goes on a lot there, which is it's weird though, because like you see that. It's a massive contrast where you see like these indie guys and they're yeah, like yeah. fucking paying like to stay on couches and stuff, and then you got like the big glamour People. guys and like the big star names, obviously gonna rent out all the hotels and shit. True. Excuse me, but yeah, it's always like apparently it's like a massive rush when you go at that time. It's all booked up and shit. We need apparently they have money. like a thing in it. Was it this year or last year where like you had to attend in a. The men oh yeah, had to yeah, yeah. You like need suits to... and women had to wear like high heels and shit. Like oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. And I think like so many actors started protesting about it. So, so they went barefoot or something like that. Yeah, I think some of the guys <coughs> started wearing like high heels or something. <laughs> it was just weird, but um, yeah. Damn you, cans! Why you had to be so glamorous? <laughs> so, so, so picky. Jeez. I know. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was yep. a little anecdote we give on there. But uh, yeah, the sound was a bit shit. So now we're talking about like um, uh, the BF Five London Film Festival and um. <coughs> We talk. We kind of talk about um, our experiences as well, like attending it. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually surprised that you didn't attend, man. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, I had a mouthful of burger. Oh yeah, you won. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, just, I never found like um, one. I found like the films just to go and see. Oh, the festival is so fucking expensive to get tickets. No, it's not even that. It's like um, you didn't go when you went to college or something, or during uni. I don't remember going. Because, like, yeah, like, when I went to college... Oh, yeah, college. Sorry. It's like, um, yeah, um, our school get picked to go to, like, um, the London Film Festival and watch some films. <coughs> lucky you, your school got picked. Huh? <laughs> Just lucky your school got picked. <laughs> um, well, I went to, like, the most ghettoist college that... I don't know, you never went go- to Lane Six Form, dude. <laughs> oh, you never went to Nor- Lo- College of Northwest <laughs> London. Trust me, blood. That place, yeah... <laughs> No, I was, I don't know, I, I don't remember, I might have, because I remember going to a few screenings where we met directors and stuff, it might have been through the BFI, mm. um, but I was just like, I remember I saw a guy to recognise your saints, I don't know if it was at the BFI, okay. um, or if it was in the London Film Festival, but I remember watching it, uh, and I met the director, and my teacher, I remember, I still remember this, because, um, my lecturer, she kept pushing, she's like, Tav, go and talk to him, go and talk to him, oh. go and talk to him about what? And Life. she was, go and ask him about his movie. And I'm like, he answered all the questions on the stage. That was the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. He already answered all the questions. I know, but that's a good, like, networking kind no, of thing. No, it is. Though. It is. And I never, obviously, I didn't realise it then. Yeah, fair but enough. Then I yeah. was too fucking... Yeah, I know. You were, what? what? Uh, 17? 17. Yeah, fair enough. 16, 17. Fair enough. Yeah, something like that. I was too... Um, <coughs> too cocksure of myself. <laughs> Damn, you 17-year-old me. Why did you go up and say something? <laughs> now um, you regret it now. I met the director of uh, Thing as well. I think I'd say, again, I can't remember if this was the film, uh, any like film festival or something. But I just remember the screening that like, through our college we went. Uh, saw Hotel Rwanda. You ever seen that? No, 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 no. no. Oh, a good movie, man. 
um, met the director of that. And again, my lecturer, she's like, Tao, go and talk to him, go and talk to him. And I was like, Vanessa, damn it. I don't know who he is. I'm going to go, hey, how's it going? How's the kids? <laughs> Can you be one? Can I be one of your kids? <laughs> no, I remember I, just, I enjoyed the movie, though. I thought it was really good. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, go, go and talk to him. But I mean, he ordered, again, he was another one that did a Q&A. Any questions that I might have wanted to ask, he'd already answered on stage. Um, I just know what I'd go and talk to him about. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, we we should, yeah. Well, bet you're telling yourself, like, the old you, or the young you, like, yeah, you should have went up. You should have went up. Yeah, I'm telling the old me, what the fuck did you go talk to him, you dumb fuck? (laughs) (laughs) It cut your hair. (laughs) No, I didn't want to come here. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, I, sh- I, sh- I should have gone and talked to him. It was a fuck up. <laughs> Anyways. Did, did, you, did you guys like do Q&As and stuff with any... No. Um, basically, because like, I remember watching... Um, have you heard of... Is it Mean Creek? Have you heard of Mean Creek? Yeah, the one with the uh, Kieran Culkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, it was like in the Odeon down in, wet, in the wet in Leicester Square. And it was just massive. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, the guy had a Q&A. Um... But yeah, it's just, um, yeah, because it was so big, it was just like, yeah, um, we weren't like outstanding. Although, uh, also one point, it was, um, we also went to um, a um, film, I, I think it's a film, it's a Mike Lee film. Um, it's a, I think it's called Vera Drake, have you heard of that? Yeah, yeah, it got a few Oscar <coughs> noms. Did it? Oh. Yeah, for, um, <coughs> oh, what's her name, uh, Judy Dench. Okay, She's in yeah, 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 she is. She got, I think she got an Oscar nom for it. Okay, yeah, just went there. Um, it was in a, in a you know, um, in a cinema, my local independent cinema, the Phoenix. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very intimate. But um, because I went to like uh, such a ghetto school, <laughs> um, yeah, um, Mike Lee told us to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we didn't um, that didn't do anything like. Um, outstanding. Q&A, yeah. yeah. No, I bet you were like, you were even thinking about Q&A. You were no, like, I was. I just shut just... up yourself, Mikey. <laughs> shut up yourself. All right, Bedrin. <laughs> what's wrong with you? Just, just shut up and let's, let's like leave in it. <laughs> that was a good film. It was a good film. Um, I don't think it was his best. I don't know. I like Mike Lee. I don't think that film was his best. Movies, if you like Lindlaker, I think you you love his films. Wasn't he's known for <clears throat> kitchen sink dramas, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it's just like. Because it's all, like, chatty and very, like... And there's so much happening. I want to see... Is he, he's the one that did the Cantner one, isn't it? Looking no, that's Eric. that's uh, that's Ken Loach, isn't oh, it? Yeah. Well, one of them. Yeah, yeah, I know. One of the British filmmakers, yeah. Because them t- uh, they're quite similar, though. <coughs> yeah. Uh, I know. I don't know. I don't think... No, I don't think... I remember watching <laughs> the Eric Cantner film. And it's like... If you, if you love football, yeah... Go watch that. If yeah. you love, no, you look, love. it looked interesting. I'll give it to Cannon. He does some interesting stuff in it. He doesn't just do like Vinnie Jones shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, but yeah, that, that was my um, experience with um, <coughs> sorry, BFI Film Festival. <laughs> Had to get with that one out. That was a <laughs> dude, man. We sorted out technical problems. You're fucking perfect on this. Um, Can't help it, man. But yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I think, I guess that networking comes with maturity. Mm. Um, Mm-hmm. And she's she, like Savannah seems quite like just mature in the way she's approached the whole um, uh, festival in, thing. industry and the mm. festival and stuff like that. I think she probably needs <coughs> like a fuckload of contacts and stuff. Um, but yeah, um, here's the rest of her. What she has on. to say. Yeah, I was yeah, really no, gutted because my first, my first completed short. It was my second short that we shot, but the first one to finish was um, 
funded by Film London, part mm. of their London calling scheme. Yeah. And it screened at London Film Festival and I had the accreditation and you're part of, you know, you're a filmmaker there as opposed to just yeah. a, a industry oh, professional. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and for the entire festival, I was so ill. I oh, just that's managed that's to get to my screening. I had to get off the tube twice. Luckily, ran into a friend who's a doctor. He helped me get there. <laughs> I like shakingly walk, walked in, sat down, and then just left and had to go home. I was like, that's dedication. And you know, missed all of the parties and the networking events. And I'm still sore about it two years later. You know, it's the one event of the year mm. where people from the industry all over the world come to London, yeah. and everyone's in London. So it's a great time to try and set up meetings or you know everyone's obviously I try uh, at London Film Festival I try and get to see the first features mm. over the kind of bigger films because you know they'll be out in cinemas whereas the yeah. first features that might be your only chance to see them yeah. and I think that it's the same with shorts like I go and watch short programs at as many festivals as I can because yeah. you want to see firstly who you're up against but also you know there's a, a craft of making a short so different to making a feature yeah. and I think a lot of short filmmakers don't really watch short films which yeah here we're just talking <coughs> about um whether like uh, how many like whether we're consistently watching short films and uh I, if I, we should and stuff i we should i, I watch a lot of short films yeah you, do you to be honest no i don't <coughs> i don't if you send you, me something i'll check it out oh, um, I, well it they'll we'll find the odd thing here and there well, no go on vimeo Get, vimeo is such a good like source if you if you log into vimeo yeah like they go in the staff picks like um like um web page or something it'll be the first page there's loads of shorts out there man and you can just like all right um just watch them yeah um, i don't know why i don't know I, I remember i used to um only recently i haven't <laughs> oh I man I, I think it's it's good that's what um what savannah said is like it's good to see who you kind of up against yeah and also, and also, this is what I'm starting to do. Is like I'm actually, I am following people on Vimeo, and you know, um, and it also goes through the whole like network thing. Follow them and then like critique their work. And well, Juju, if you're following them, <coughs> follow them on Twitter huh? and try and get them on the bloody show. <laughs> Dude, I, I follow the guys from. They're all from America. <laughs> yeah, cool. Check out UK filmmakers. Oh, but sometimes I don't like their stuff. I'm not gonna name a few. But Are you like? Um, do you think there's a massive difference sty- stylistically? Mm, all right, f- fair enough, thing? fair enough. I'm, uh, I'm, it's going to sound racist and shit, but I actually do look at like uh, ethnic um, ethnic filmmakers more yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, I've, and, I, and I'd rather follow them. And the thing is, most of them are in the States. Um, um, is that, that's was why. that a conscious choice? Uh, not really. It's just, I think they they produce more interesting stuff. How do you know they're ethnic? Oh, because you just look at their they look at their Twitter page and and, and Vimeo page and there oh, they, they are. Oh, they got a lot of profile. Pages. Yeah, yeah, they got a yeah. profile page. Okay. Yeah, so um, that's why I'm a bit like picky and shit with that. If we just picking like a Tyrone <coughs> Lee on something. Oh no 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 no. Assuming he's a black guy. No 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 no. No, but to be honest, like most of them, most of the people on Vimeo are from America or even from like Central Europe, anyways. Yeah. Um, I I can't remember. Oh yeah, the thing is, oh uh, yeah, I I don't want to go into because it, it, it sounds like I'm really bashing like the UK stuff. Uh, but with some UK with some UK stuff, I'm like, yeah, um, it's good. But yeah, just just something I'm not not into. Mm, why so? 
I mean, uh, is there something like the way they're made or excuse me, the content? Of I think it's just I think it's just the content. Uh, sometimes the subject matter as well. Oh, you see too many like Guy Ritchie would be movies. No, no, it's not even that. It's just um, something I just probably won't connect with. But uh, but yeah, that's that's it really. I don't know. I don't want to say too much because I might bash the uh, bash our industry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if you do, if you're making <coughs> shorts, we'd love to have you on. If you want to be like Savannah and promote your movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> If you can't take a good bashing, then <laughs> come on aboard. <laughs> Everyone knows Eugene likes a good bashing. <laughs> That's right, ladies. Okay. <laughs> but I was I was surprised because I I do watch quite a few shorts online. I don't tend to browse for shorts, but if I mm. know if I've heard of one or a friend's made one, I'll yeah. I'll try and watch them. And um, I was really surprised by how many views we got off Dig, particularly because. It's yeah. like, I don't imagine the people browsing Dig are looking for short film content. There mm. seems to be loads of other stuff on there. Yeah. So it just seemed to show that there is a demand for it, which I hadn't really realised existed uh, before. Yeah. But I was, I was surprised because I, I do watch quite a few shorts online. I don't tend to browse for shorts, but if I mm. know if I've heard of one or a friend's made one, I'll, yeah. I'll try and watch them. Mm. And um, I was really surprised by how many views we got off Dig, particularly because... It's yeah. like, I don't imagine the people browsing Dig are looking for short film content. There mm. seems to be loads of other stuff on there. Yeah. So it just seemed to show that there is a demand for it, which I hadn't really realised existed before. I think, like, now, just because, like, there's more people coming through, like, film schools and stuff, like, uh, people are doing, like, shorts where they actually, from that, they're getting picked up to do features and yeah. stuff. And so yeah. I think people just see now it's, like, definitely a way in. Yeah, absolutely. To demonstrate their skill and stuff. Have you guys thought about doing like a feature? Um, I've got my first th- three features in development. So right, yeah. um, one called Divorce Party is written, uh, co-written by a writer called Jamie Russell and a director and writer called Nev Pierce, who mm. is editor-at-large of Empire Magazine and has decided he wants to stop criticising other people's films and <laughs> now learn firsthand how hard it is to make them. Yeah. Um, so Divorce Party is about a guy called Ben who's getting divorced and decides to recreate his stag do with a bunch of his friends, supposedly to help him go over the marriage, but he knows that one of them slept with his wife and oh, he okay. wants to uncover which one it was. Um, so it's a darkish comedy. Yeah. Um, don't know why I've seen Larry David or something <laughs> like that. <Yeah. laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> bit bit old, but right sort of, uh, yeah. of humour. Um, so that's really exciting, and that's kind of progressing nicely. Um, and we were accepted to Film London's micro market, oh, okay. um, which we had. It's a three-day scheme that they do. The first two days are training days, and then the third day they set you up with meetings with a huge range of really amazing financiers. Um, so we had the first training day last week and it was kind of overwhelming and brilliant and uh, really useful. How do you like, apply for them? Is it just to apply online or yeah. do you have to, I'm guessing you have to have like, a script and stuff ready yeah. for them? So I think to apply for that, we had to have a script, a director statement, producer statement, finance plan, budget, top line budget, top, sorry, <coughs> top page budget. Um, what kind of budget were you guys um, thinking of that? Uh, it's about three quarters of a million. Whoa. So that's the biggest of the three. Um, the other one is with Alex directing, um, which is the short I mentioned earlier. And that short is attached to a feature film of the same themes. 
which we're hoping to apply to microwave film london's yeah. micro budget film scheme <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of micro said in the last. Um, it's and and London, yes, <laughs> then I have another another script with a writer who graduated uh, London Film School last year, who was a doctor for many years and has now turned to writing. So he writes fantastic characters and dialogue because I think as a doctor you just see and meet yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really sociable. <laughs> yeah. No um, job in every situation. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Hit and record it. No, he doesn't do that. Don't want to get him fired. (laughs) (laughs) See more of a psychiatrist be like a writer to be honest. Be like, just imagine the shit they hear, like from crazy. They got that patient doctor confidence. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there are a surprising amount of doctors that have become writers. Really? Yeah, loads of them. I'm always surprised, and like not only screenwriters (laughs) but um, (laughs) novelists and stuff as well. Yeah, no, I guess it kind of makes sense just because, like, they probably see, like, a whole bunch of different people yeah. and hear some really weird stories. Like, how's your day? And then just hear, like, <laughs> Doctor, Barrett, I'm, I'm having a problem with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's, she's having one of me. She okay. thinks I'm cheating on her. Now go, ah, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something like that. It's great insight into the human condition. Yeah. And also, I think as a doctor, you have to have a really good sense of humour. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he, it's, luckily, it's a comedy because he's really funny. <laughs> Yeah, that was an interesting, um, what's that word? <laughs> Anecdote. <laughs> Anecdote. Yeah, fuck you, man. Um, yeah, about like um, doctors being writers and stuff. Yeah. It's just, it's just going to show like, um, yeah, um, let's say writing is not that hard. I mean, if you think about it, the, the guy's a doctor. Yeah. And, um, and th- that's hard work, man. And for them to become writers... Yeah, I you guess, know? like, I don't know, you see a lot of them do when they retire, they kind of write a <coughs> memoir and stuff like that. Wouldn't it be just about memoirs or something like that, as we kind of said? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know, like, I mean, what, William Burroughs was a doctor. Hmm? You know William Burroughs, the author? Oh, right. He was, like, I think he's a trained physician. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a good he's a good writer. But, no, it's a bit, um, one thing I thought was interesting about it was, like, a doctor, obviously, he's got life experience and it's, like, write what you know sort of thing. He mm-hmm. can write. He go, he's got a great fucking like archive that you could kind of mine. Okay, um, so do you think you, we've kind of started this a bit too early in our lives? In that, yeah. Oh, we don't know anything. So we haven't experienced enough of um, <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah, to be writing, I guess, like um, to be honest, yeah. Conditions. Well, thing. I don't know. Oh, I know. Didn't you remember we had like a like one of our modules in uni? We had like something about psychoanalysis. Yeah. Did you ever like, huh? I love that. This it's I love psychoanalysis. <laughs> Anyways, but from from studying that, right? I actually like put it to practice and like try to see like why behave in some sort, and then and I just go back to my reference to you know that yeah. that course to that module, and it's just like you basically build on like characteristic you know, characteristics from other people, and then. You know, as as a writer, you yeah. you kind of look into that, and then you just oh right, this you write it down. It's like when I when I write um like comedy, um oh wait, or when I write overall, it's like I know what this what this character wants. You kind of know the thought process, yeah, the psychology behind. Yeah, the basically, process, yeah. yeah. Um, that's one thing I I don't know I don't really consciously think about it. I think. <laughs> 
I think that might be a problem with some of the stuff I've written where like the voices always sound the same when they're talking. Oh, okay. The dialogue is always very... Um, I don't know, when I'm writing a genre stuff, <coughs> then I find it'd be easier. But when I'm writing like... This is one thing I find when I'm writing shorts is that everything is um, done in the same tone of voice. Oh, right. Oh. Where I don't find it that easy to do genre stuff as like... I know you, when when you know when you write dialogue, you just I know I when I tend to, I don't know when I tend to write dialogue, I always write questions. I don't like it'll be a, it'll, someone oh, like be a doctor. huh like a doctor yeah basically like a doctor yeah <laughs> no but it's just like when I have like two characters that are in conflict, I think what I try to do like to not get to to sound different, I actually have them like kind of question each other yeah. instead of just going hey. Um, it's saying, oh, how are you? And then have them like um, close it, saying, I'm fine. I think, it, I, like, I'll just change it to saying, if the couch, yeah, I'll say, um, like, the one of the couch say, oh, how are you? And I was like, and then the other, and the other couch will be like, why are you asking that? Yeah. You know, it'll make that shit kind of yeah, more yeah. interesting, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Some good insight there, Eugene. Yeah, I know. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, psychoanalysis. Thank you, Robert McKee, for, for <laughs> inciting for that shit. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like, it's interesting that she's got, like... But I think, I, I don't know, as going back as to being a writer, as being a writer, um, yes, um, life experience does help. But you, you, you have to understand sometimes the psychology of, like, yeah. your character just so you can have good writing. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, but I say no. I think with, like, with this, uh, the way she's approaching her productions, mm. I find it just interesting that she's got, she's got a number of works in. It's, it's quite professional in that she's got diff- different, um, Perf- uh. different projects going with different filmmakers, mm. but can balance it mm-hmm. all out. Um, it's quite interesting. I mean, it must be a fucking headache to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Here we we're gonna we're just talking about um, how uh, Savannah's find um, the production process different from her first short to uh, her most recent with Fingers, and um, I was just wondering how, what kind of insights she might have on that. Sounds like it really sounds like um. Like uh, the movies, um, what's it? Um, the growing up movies, if you know what I mean. What do you mean? Um, fuck. Coming of age movies. Yeah, coming of age movies, isn't it? Like, oh, I did this in my first short, and oh yeah, but I learned from my next one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit like Stand by Me. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, no, just because uh, I guess coming from, I don't know, like she's not done it in like a film school. That's why I thought it'd be a bit different from from what we've done. Because mm. um, I remember when I went from doing it in college to doing it at uni was massively different. Really? Um, I thought it was just the same shit. Like because know, um, really it's just it. it's just because oh well, we did much less in uni. That's the thing. Yeah, there's much less, but I don't know. I think uh, maybe it's because. Um, and I don't know. The thing is, I, th- I, th- I don't know. For she, my process, it was the same. She's done it in a professional capacity. All right. Yeah. So. I think I don't know she and she seems to be like quite clued on and be able to handle like egos and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I found like when I went from doing it in uh, <coughs> in college, um, 
I was the ego. Oh, right. Like yeah. me and like four other people. <coughs> and for some and I didn't even clock it at the time. I didn't think about it at the time. But we were in like a weird competition with each other. Oh, that's and shit. they would all, no because I didn't clock on but oh, they, they would be like so tell what did you get on this or what, what, like, what are you doing for this and stuff um, but then like I found when I went to uni I was like fuck it's a room full of egos oh right right that's right, what right. I realised straight away and I was like every production was a case of like um, everyone wanting to be like a writer director as you said before <laughs> yeah uh, so I remember one thing I did find out when I was at uni, I got to do different roles more often. I was like, I found it more, so got better as a camera camera op. Because I didn't mind. I was like, let's see how this goes, isn't it? I mean, um, I felt pretty decent at that. But then I, I found, uh, slowly I went back to directing Directing. And stuff. But uh, I know I just thought it would be interesting to see uh, how she handled it. Because I thought... I think we should have asked her a few more questions about that and how it is dealing with like egos and like yeah. actors and stuff. Because you, you get you get you do get like pricks and stuff. Oh, not pricks, but you you do get like um, hard-headed people. Yeah, and you get like just some, uh, tensions on set. So I just, I, we should have asked her a bit about that, but I kind of forgot. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, have you ever do anything else? <laughs> Uh no, here's a here's a rest of the interview. <laughs> I'm much more relaxed about it. Like yeah. the first the first <coughs> short I did, you think that it's the end of the world. Yeah. If something goes wrong. And also because this you're facing so much unknown. Yeah. So the fear of the unknown is like <laughs> the, like what if this goes wrong? I'm not gonna know what to do. And now the last short I did is with Nev Pierce, the uh director of Divorce Party. And Nev called me at the start of August and said, I've got this script that Jamie, his writing partner, has written. Um, I really <laughs> want to direct it. I've spoken to Alice Lowe. Um, do you know the Alice Lowe? She's no. one of Ben Wheatley's favourites. She's in uh, Sightseers. Really, really brilliant oh, yeah. British comedy actress. Um, and <laughs> Nev said, she wants to be in it. She can do, do the weekend after next. Can we do it? And yeah. I was like, yeah, okay two weeks fine it's like eight characters in like yeah. a restaurant location and yeah. um but we just yeah it was much more relaxed and you know what to expect you know what the problems will be yeah i think so much of producing is identifying problems and then avoiding them up and well. yeah the main difference is that now i can kind of see the fire hazards as opposed to yeah. just like <laughs> having to run for an extinguisher um, I've just been really lucky to get involved with really good people I think um, and the first short that I did was a short from an NFTS writing graduate who wanted to have some a completed short that he directed so he could show off his writing talent and he'd already raised some money for it and the support of the NFTS meant we had all the kit and stuff for free so we yeah. got a much higher budget production than the actual value of it was um, and then the second short was funded by Film London. Um, I'm trying to think. The third one was self-funded by the director. The fourth was crowdfunded. Uh, the fifth was had some private investment, some crowdfunding. Um, the sixth was Fingers, which was competition money, private investor, crowdfunding. Uh, and that's the biggest budget you guys have had so far? Uh Bricks, which I did at the start of the year, was around the same budget, maybe slightly less. Okay. Um, and I'm about to line produce for the same director. 
um, a Creative England short that's financed through them. So it's really just, I don't think there's a magic answer, but I'd say the thing that um, you have to do is just constantly be researching. Yeah. It's like competitions come up all the time, but they'll post and they'll their closing date will be within a month. Yeah. So if you're not researching every month, yeah. you miss so much stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing is that with crowdfunding, if you've already got some money there, it's so much easier. So I think you know, feature films aren't ever financed from one source. They're always yeah, pulled together or like yeah. really rarely. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there's any reason why short shouldn't be approached in that same way. Mm. It's yeah, like, true. it's much easier to get 500 pounds out of six people than uh, three grand out of one. One, yeah. Are you, are you finding the um, the change from feature from short to features? Um, yeah, good. It's it's not been that different. It's because at the minute we're still in development, so it's just doing more of the same, really. Yeah. Um, I think what will <laughs> the big change will be the deal structuring of financing a feature. Yeah. Because obviously, once you're dealing with a lot more money, a lot more, <laughs> the contracts become a lot more complicated and lengthy and. Um, I think the other thing is you've got so many elements to juggle and just getting everyone to say yes at the same time is really difficult. So you might have six financiers cast your yeah. heads of department and if they don't all say yes at the same point, you know, <laughs> if, if you can't finish that, close that deal and get all the money, yeah. then you're, the first five investors that have said yes might start to lose interest and start saying no. And I think that's the trickiest element. Just man, be such a piss take, isn't it? If someone like the last guy is like, I'm gonna offer you this much. If this guy offers yeah, this yeah. much, and like they say, I'll offer you. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so that'll be that'll be fun. But I, I've always I've always sort of just. Do you get like budget advice from like your parents and stuff? Um, yeah, I've I was very proud about it for the first few years, and on the first, pretty much on all my shorts, I've not gone to them at all. But. Um, I've started working for my mum's company at the yeah. start of the year and actually we just have a really brilliant working relationship and I realised that I've just got this incredible resource that I've not used. Yeah, and that eventually, <laughs> just I had this kind of epiphany where I was like, oh my God, the only thing stopping me is my own ego, so yeah. I'm going to get over it. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I asked my mum for loads of advice on uh, contractual stuff and yeah. that side of stuff that she's really experienced in, which is really great. Um, but yeah, it'll be fun to see how it goes. I've, the th thing that I've always been aware of is that I like to throw myself in and try and learn to swim, but I make sure that there are really good people around you because, yeah. you know, our, you're only ever as good as the sum of your team. Yeah. Um, so having really experienced crew and people advising you and stuff is really important. Uh, like you, you worked with our, our former, uh, one of our first guests, uh, Andrew Koji. <laughs> how did you? How do you know him? Um, I know him through my boyfriend, who studied uh, acting with him. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Then like, he's, well. he's good. Maybe I should get him to sign it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would yeah. love to. We're yeah, gonna yeah, find yeah, the right yeah. role. Um, something that's got some stunts in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's good at that shit. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Did you see his? He's just had an advert for Mini, is it? Yeah, like yeah, some car. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's like 3D ad. Yeah, no, I think I saw that when we were looking the for virtual reality. For the when we were doing research for him to come on the show, ah. and I was like just looking at see what he had online. I found that and I'm like, what the hell? 
It's really cool. <laughs> Tell us this. <laughs> Didn't you like actually there's an advert for, for the mini? Is it the mini? No. Yeah, they, they put it on TV or something. And people didn't know. I, see, I, swear yeah. I, saw, I, saw, I saw it on TV. It's not just that 3D, um, right. that 3D thing on, on YouTube. He'd probably kill us for <laughs> saying, yeah. Andrew Koji, actor, look at this advert. But it is actually a really good advert. Yeah. He's done a lot of good stuff. But that's the recent thing that I was just quite impressed by. Oh, we, we met him when he was going to play Eugene in the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, yeah. Massively different. Massively different. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, He'd play you much better than you play you, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did. <laughs> 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 Took Eugene up to 11. <laughs> no, it's a really seven. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, yeah, he's cool, man. Like, yeah. But um, now I have to ask, do you... Do you consider yourself part of like the London film community? Like, yeah. How how involved are you in it? Like, um, do you know like other directors and stuff? Do you work with them quite regular? Yeah, or? absolutely. I I think that I realised about a year ago that there's a really sad thing that tends to happen for producers, which is that often, unless you've got a partner in your company, you are working alone, <coughs> and it's a really probably the worst thing about it is that all of your work is off your own back mm. you're not having and you're supporting everybody else but there's no one to support you yeah. um and i just thought you know i'm i'm meeting all the time with writers directors dops cast yeah. but actually i don't really ever get to meet producers because okay. we're all doing our own thing mm. um so i started just trying to create more of a network within the film community in london of producers that um, <laughs> literally <laughs> producers yeah, I mean, anonymous um, <laughs> and it's been amazing it's just like yeah it, the having someone to just bitch about and whinge about <laughs> the like shit that producers get and go through um, I'm a producer <laughs> we're so undervalued <laughs> um, but yeah that's been really good and also the thing is you like I was saying about how you have to constantly research stuff yeah, if yeah. you've got a network of people and everyone's doing a bit of that and you yeah. share that information because yeah. essentially they are your competitors but at the same time they're your colleagues yeah so you may as well either you can all fight each other and get nowhere or you help each other and you all succeed yeah. so here I gave a little um, anecdote about uh, an interview um, I listened to on um, the Chasing Amy extras uh, where Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier tell um, a story about how that basically they talk about how they were trying to find funding for Chasing Amy after doing Morats uh, and the producer director relationship uh, <coughs> that they share. Um, I think I went into a story that they tell on an episode of uh, Smodcast where um, Kevin, Kevin Smith basically kind of realized on the show like how um, important Scott Mosier was to his production in that. Basically, a producer just kind of puts out the fires. This is the guy that's got your back against funding and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, on that kind of scale. I think it's different on shorts, though. No, no, to be honest, um, no, no, every film, I think for me, every film production is, is the same, no matter what the scale is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you still need, you, you probably, probably in a short or low budget film, you probably have less like less people because you know you're in a kind of tight schedule and tight budget yeah um but more or less yeah it's, it's for me it's, it feels like it's just like uh, making an, any other film i think it's just because like um i think it's just looking at the way like 
uh, Savannah, for example, her productions have had budgets, these mm-hmm. actual budgets. Yeah. Uh, she's obviously had to work with like the investors and stuff like that. And I guess like organizations have invested in their films and stuff like that. So she's got to have a good rapport uh, with with everyone the investor yeah. and as well as the filmmaker as a, the director sorry um, I just find it uh, yeah in that episode of Smodcast they kind of explain it and it's like it's quite, I just thought telling them that it was quite funny that uh, how emotional <laughs> Kevin Smith gets when he realises how much thing he did for him mm-hmm. when chasing Amy after Morat's bomb and it was like this guy secured him all this money and um, went for the ringer for him um I'm just thinking, like, on stuff we've done, we've never, we, well, I don't think we've ever even been in that situation where we've had. To, well, we didn't produce a lot, of, a lot, but. Yeah, I mean, it's not even that. We, we've just never had a, a big budgets. No, we we never got in trouble with with, you know. Everything we've, I think, everything we've shot is kind of trying to fund ourselves. <laughs> well, to be honest, we 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 have no budget, so there's no pressure on us. Yeah, do you think that's why they flopped though? Some of them, <coughs> like the show, like the sitcom. The webisode thing. Um, do you think if we went in with like, a bit more investment, and do you think it would have been a bit more, I don't know, professional about it? No, it was. It, I remember. I remember that she was 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 I don't know, it was 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 a lot more professional than what we're doing now uh, in some ways. Um, but I think uh, with the sitcom, it's like. It's like we it tried. We, we I think we did. Tr- we did try. We did try a lot. We did try hard, and somehow it didn't like. No, I mean, do you think that was partially because uh, we didn't, we didn't do a crowdfunding thing. We didn't have like uh, someone investing in it. And I oh think right, the reason like a lot of our <laughs> uh, shoots were rushed. Uh, I remember a lot of takes were rushed. A lot of shooting on location was rushed. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is because we didn't have the right kind of funding to secure like the right kind of permits in the right kind of locations? Yeah, I th- yeah, to probably pay venues and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that was uh, that could be yeah that could be a factor. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Damn. So it's it's just like I'm just thinking about it. It was so long ago. And I'm trying to like recollect yeah. what we've done. Um, if we did have a bit of budget on that scale, yeah. But what what would I change with the thing? Probably change a few things so we can just suit to our needs. Mm. But yeah, 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 I think if we did have like a a bud a, like some money involved, then yeah, we we could have executed much more better. Yeah, I think it makes a difference. I mean, like the way she's done gone about it, just like um, <coughs> using the money as well, mm-hmm. using it wisely and stuff like that. It's, it's uh, admirable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Basic. We'll talk that about that in another episode, like yeah. the whole money thing. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Here's the rest. I mean, I was watching. Um, have you seen uh, Chasing Amy? I haven't though. Oh, check that out. It's a great movie. I love it. <laughs> but um, like Scott Mosley, Kevin Smith's mm-hmm. producer, and he's talking about um, when Kevin Smith was telling him that I'm going to make this film, can you get me this budget? And that he, that was his role was always trying to find a budget and stuff, and he's just like. Kevin can't do it for this. Got to mm. do it for this much. They're gonna offer this much, but pitch this much to get this much. And yeah. I was like, Fucking hell. And then Kevin just like, yeah. He goes, yeah, Scott, you take care of that. Like, Direction looks so much easier. <laughs> I think I, I said something to I won't say which director I was working with, but one of the three. Um, 
they were like not looking forward to a certain thing we had to do and I said you just don't have to worry about that producer's job is just to protect you from the shit that gets thrown I'm like they're creating this little shield and you just work in your nice little safe director's bubble I was like like, shit I've never never had a producer like that but then I um because like Kevin Smith has a podcast and mm-hmm. they're talking about making Chasing Amy on their show mm-hmm. and towards the end of the episode it's really funny because like Kevin realises how vital Scott yeah. is to all of his production because he's always his producer and he starts crying on the show and he's like dude you're just no. like my best friend oh my god friend. I have to you're like, to this. you're like the best guy and he goes <laughs> I, I ask you to do the stupidest shit and somehow you fucking do it damn <laughs> I'm like damn I need to get me one of those guys so it is you, you know the writing directing producing team if that that's not a really solid Unit. team yeah. then you're fucked like yeah. actually one of the big things that in the micromarket training day the other day was they were saying the first thing that financiers will assess is that if you're producing director are trying to make the same film yeah because apparently there are loads of films where they get to production and it just turns out that the director and the producer have totally different ideas of what they're making yeah i can imagine and that. then they argue and then the whole thing falls apart yeah um so yeah i just think having really good rapport with those people it's just with everyone but those two particular yeah they need to have that kind of symbiotic relationship mm. where they're both on the same page sort of thing seems like someone said this to me recently i can't remember who but um that in filmmaking there are loads of triangles yeah. you've got the writer producer director you've got the dop gaffer director mm. you've got the production designer dop director yeah you've got all these kind of little teams of three that you can have it doesn't matter if your sound guy and your production assistant don't get on yeah but if people within those yeah, triangles yeah. don't your whole thing falls apart yeah that's, that's a good point actually <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah we're like nearly on like the hour mark so i was gonna ask towards the end mm-hmm. do you have a film of the week oh this is how we close out the show usually yes. so uh you did ask me this and i haven't put one together but let me think um i'll go with carol because i saw it more most recently um which is the new todd haynes film okay. um starring Rooney Mara and uh, Kate Blanchett. And it's just, as a filmmaker particularly, but as anyone, you should go see it, but as a filmmaker, it's one of the most beautifully crafted things I've ever seen. What's it about? Um, it's about a lesbian couple in the 50s, um, a sort of younger woman and an older woman who's going through a divorce um, and her partner's trying to came claim custody over their child because he knows about a lesbian relationship she had when they were together um and these two women fall in love and it's about their love story at the same time that this divorce is happening and how she balances both her kind of feeling of not being able to hide her sexuality anymore with knowing that she has to do everything she can to keep her child um so it's kind of tragic and beautiful and but every element of it is just so overwhelmingly perfect that um that actually that was my only criticism of it was that as a filmmaker watching it i couldn't focus on what was happening because i was just so in awe of the technical achievements <laughs> which is a problem that i occasionally yeah, no, get that can happen because i remember when i watched nightcrawler yeah 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 great film. first thing i thought was like wow this is Mm. So yeah and then you're you're going oh my god the music at this moment oh that performance was definitely one of the best of the oh, year i'm amazed he didn't get absolutely didn't get any awards nods did he yeah no. not even not, not, the film didn't get awards 
Yeah. Oh, got nominated for best original screenplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it was a good original screenplay. <laughs> yeah, it, it pissed me off that I didn't get nominated. For yeah, I, I think they started when our Southpaw was going to get him his acting. Mm. Why did that film where like no call he's playing someone that's like the closest thing I've seen to a taxi driver? Yeah, yeah. Since I'm like, damn, what a great fucking movie. And Southport didn't do well in the box office. Didn't it? I uh, thought he did well in the no, box office, but it didn't do well. Yeah, Can I think I, it's done yeah. box office well. Oh, yeah. Box but, office well? But critically well. done poor, yeah. I think. It lo- oh, no, I saw that trailer. I thought it looked... I haven't seen it, but it looked kind of... Cheese. Yeah, it just looked yeah, silly. I, <laughs> I thought they gave away like the whole plot in the, in the trailer. <laughs> Like every boxing movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, every boxing movie, you know <laughs> what the plot is. It's Rocky. <laughs> yeah, basically. From rags to riches. So, anyways. Yeah. Um, do you have a movie uh, of the week? Actually, more of a TV show. You've seen that new um, Sky One TV show, uh, You, Me and the Apocalypse? No, no I'm really looking forward to it. It's actually that. pretty good. Like, you, you see like these characters. Um, I don't want to give everything away because yeah, it's such a good show. Um, Just sit in slow. Oh yeah, part of the sense now, one part sent Italy and another part set in somewhere in, I think it's somewhere in the west coast of America. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and just see how, yeah, it's, it's actually in the beginning, um, so you, all those characters from these different locations, like, they will, like, gel together at one yeah. point, and it's just like, yeah, it's just good to see where they're coming from, and it's like, really engaging, and yeah, good show to watch. Oh, I just sure. don't want to give a lot, because yeah, that's, that got hype. You know, um, got high praise. I'm like, oh man, see, people haven't watched it. I don't want to give it away. <laughs> <laughs> give the whole plot, shall I? Yeah, no, no, no. I don't oh, like that. But keep an eye on it. it's a good show, is it? Yeah, good show. Can't yeah. for the next one. I'm like, yeah, it's on my um, record on Sky Plus. <laughs> Just can't wait for every Wednesday. <laughs> That's Wednesday for me. Don't call me or text me or tweet me, whatever. How many weeks? How many episodes is it? No, it's just on the first episode. I, I think it's eight episodes for the so, season. Don't well, pre-order Wednesday for the next day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're making quite a lot of their own stuff now, though, isn't it? Sky One. Sky One, yeah. yeah. Have you seen Moonboy? No, not yet. Moonboy is fucking brilliant. It's so funny. It's so good. It's like <laughs> you got I'm gonna describe it. What the kid, the kid, the main kid actor in it is so funny. His timing is ridiculously good. Fair enough. But um, oh, for sure, movie. TV oh man, show. I carried my. I told you last episode, I was carrying in my Kevin Smith. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I was like, up to. I did like, after chasing him, I did Dogma. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, yeah, oh yeah. man, have you seen Dogma? I haven't. Oh, you should watch some Kevin Smith films. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the best <laughs> indie director because he still does it. He, like, yeah. All his moves are still like quite independently financed mm-hmm. and stuff. And he makes his own stuff. He won't, I think he only did one studio film, which was Cop Out, which was. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was that his fault entirely? It's apparently Bruce Willis's, Bruce Willis's yeah. fault. The whole movie is Bruce Willis's fault. <laughs> but um, well, that's what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, Dog was pretty good. It's about like these two angels who um, get manipulated to go through this church where like, they'd be banished to earth. Mm-hmm. And like somehow in Catholic dogma says that if they go through these church doors, um, they'll be forgiven and be allowed back into heaven. But then, like, um, Jesus' last uh, descendant, um, this woman, she's got to... Uh, she had to give it away, don't you? Why was I giving it away? They say it in, like, oh, the yeah. first five minutes of the fucking movie. <laughs> Still, people who haven't seen it, they'll be like, oh, what a spoiler. Like, she, she's got to stop them, basically. But then, like, they st- he chucked in, like, a few um, other, like, biblical references and stuff. Uh-huh. And 
Jay and Silent Bob, like the two characters he's had from Clerks uh-huh. and throughout the two stoners. <laughs> they steal the show. That's probably Jay, Jason Mewes' best movie. He's so fucking funny in it. And Silent Bob's reactions. Uh. But yeah, that was my movie of the week. Okay. Great. Yeah. Cool. So, but um, yeah, that's the that's the episode. How did you find it? <laughs> Great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Till next time. But um, yeah. Let us know if you guys like are making anything else. Um, Absolutely. We'll try and. Uh, do you have Twitter? Plug it on it. Uh, I do at Fox Cub Films. Oh. Um, and Fox Cub Films is as well. Oh, I was like one last question. I'm sure I forgot to ask. If someone wanted to pitch to you, yeah. Like, how do they do it? Like, how do they go about? Uh, send you a script or something um, if you look at my website which is www.foxcubfilms.com um, there's a contact page on there yeah. um, and there's also a bit about the company and what sort of content we make and what stuff we're anything, interested in anything like what they got to adhere to yeah. yeah or yeah just sort of the well, I mean it shows it shows all of a bit about all of the shorts I've done so you yeah. kind of know what stuff I'm interested in um my main thing now is that I am predominantly focusing on the features, so any shorts that come in, I have still got a few shorts on my slate, but they're all shorts that have potential to either turn into a feature or with a director that I want to go on to do a feature yeah. with. Um, but yeah, have a look at the website. Cool. cool. So yeah, that's our um, interview with Savannah. Savannah James Bailey. Come on, you interviewed her. How do you I know, know her name? I know, my, my bad. It's, it's been a week anyways. <laughs> But yeah, that was our interview and with some other shit as well. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, we this was a bit of an experiment with the technical issues we had with the show. Uh, yeah. You probably heard some of it, mainly in the beginning, but um, hopefully uh, the other interviews we do on the show run a bit more, a bit, a bit more smooth. Oh, we could do this, dude. Oh, we could do this again. We could do this again, but it was just a bit long, I guess. Yeah. But um, she was a good interview, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, learned a lot. Very, very... Very clever, very ambitious young lady, I guess. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. But, oh, she's uh, an yeah, ambitious no, she, young she lady. Know, she knows her shit. Um, mm. And she's got like, a good head on her shoulders. Yeah. Um, good luck. I hope they have a lot of success with Fingers and um, the next the next production. Uh, if you get again, if you want to hit her up on Twitter, it's Fox Cub Films. Um, anything else? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm fine. <laughs> uh, I like the way you talk about him. Yeah, no, that, but there's gotta be something. Nope, that's about it. <laughs> but um, yeah, you can like follow us, I guess. Yeah, you can follow yeah. us at Talv Tunes. Uh, yeah, uh, Eugenio. Um, Tell us what you think. Yeah, I hope should we, we keep uh, this format? Hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Um, <coughs> also, if anyone's going to Comic Con in uh, October. My first published works will oh, be Oh, is it this October? Oh, shit. Yeah, it's October yeah. 25th. Oh, uh, well, I think it's 23rd to 25th. Okay. Uh, yeah, my first published uh, work will be available from T4L Comic Anthology. We've got a book in there I wrote with my cousin and my brother Drew and I inked. So, um, yeah, keep an eye out for it if you're going down there. Cool. Cool. Cheers. Sure.